Welcome back to Holter Talk Podcast. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. So we're talking about uh, culture still, captivating culture, mm-hmm. and cultivating it in our workspaces. And today we have Chief Nursing Officer Lisa Deddy. Hi, Lisa. Hey, how are you two? We're great. Yes. Lisa, we're excited to have you here. I'm Absolutely. glad to be here. Yeah. So to start off, Lisa, we like to break the ice with a joke. So do you have a joke for us? I do. And it's one I just heard. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you call Forrest Gump's email address? Or what is Forrest Gump's email address? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. One Forest One. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. I've not heard that one. (laughs) That is a good one. I'll have to I'll have to tell my kids that. That was pretty good. I thought I heard that. I cracked up, but you know, I'm easily amused. So (laughs) I love that. All right, Lisa. So to start off with, can you talk about your Holzer story with us? Kind of like, you know, different positions you've might have held, like your background, like how you ended up as the chief nursing officer, a little bit of that. Sure. I always say that Holzer raised me. Mm-hmm. I started in Holzer in 1992, um, right out of high school. I was a registration clerk for the emergency room. I didn't even know what UTI stood for. <laughs> Um, So I worked with the hospital from 1992 to 1995, and then I went to Holzer Clinic on South Street in Jackson, and I was registration there. Did that, and then I decided I wanted to be hands-on with patients, so I um, went to school while I worked and obtained my LPN. Mm -hmm. And we went over to the new building in 2000, I believe, And I worked in pediatrics and family practice as an LPN, and then I went to orthopedics, and I spent um, three to four years in orthopedics and then decided that I wanted to go back and get my RN. So I did that, and I worked in our emergent care then. It was like a mini emergency room. We um, flew patients out of the parking lot and all kinds of crazy stuff. (laughs) So I worked full-time. Uh, and had a family as well and uh, got my RN associate degree and then I knew when I was in LPN clinicals that I wanted to work in the OR mm-hmm. so um, I ended up getting a job in our pre and PACU in the Jackson Ambulatory Surgery Center I worked there for as a pre post nurse for a few years and then trained as a circulating nurse in the OR became the charge nurse when the manager was out and then became the manager oh. of the Jackson Ambulatory Surgery Center. Worked there for a while while I was working and worked on my getting my bachelor's degree, and I got that. And then I became the director of periop services and um, worked on my master's degree and got that while I was director of periop services. Then... I became the VP of nursing, and now here I am as chief, chief nursing officer. That I got this awesome. position September 1st of 19. Wow, that's awesome. That's an incredible story. Yes, like it I is. like how you say that Holzer raised you because yes, really, they yeah. They really did, yes. Right out of mm-hmm. high school. That's amazing. So yes. you've had a nice career. Absolutely. Here. Would not work anywhere else. Yeah, absolutely. So what are, as chief nursing officer, what are some of your responsibilities within the health system? Well, I have a lot of responsibilities. Um, <laughs> I don't doubt that. So every every licensed nurse is 
basically under me. Um, they may not report directly to me, but mm -hmm. as the chief nursing officer, I am responsible for every licensed nurse. Um, I do have a direct responsibility for our acute care division, mm -hmm. um, our emergency rooms, our peri-op services, um, maternity and OB, and our CCU. Wow. So all of those are directly, and also, I'm sorry, employee health. Oh. So. Wow. Yeah. It's quite a bit to handle. There is quite a bit, <laughs> yes. But I have dotted lines to post-acute and ambulatory as well. Yeah, I see. Okay. So we're talking about culture, mm -hmm. and from a clinical standpoint, what do you think the hardest part about, like, the culture shift is, or, you know, if somebody was getting ready to start a culture shift, like, what do you think that would be, like, the hardest part? Because we've talked to, I mean, you can see some of our pictures up mm -hmm. there. We've talked to different individuals, sure. but really, you're our first, like, actual, like, clinically mm -hmm. experienced individual that, well, aside from, you know, the docs, but... right. <laughs> Well, I think that um, we were started on this culture journey before the pandemic, and then, mm -hmm. of course, the pandemic hit. And culture is very hard to change. Mm -hmm. And so I think we were making a little bit of momentum, and then, again, the, the pandemic hit. And that shifted everything. It shifted the way that we were staffing. It shifted the type of patients we were taking care of. And that hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a difficult journey, but to get on that journey and to get the buy-in, you have to get the leaders involved in their buy-in first. And so with my group, we have monthly, we call them strategy retention and recruitment meetings and letting them kind of lead the way mm -hmm. with that and taking that culture commitment that we've all signed and, and been a part of and figuring out how you can put some action items to that, to that culture commitment. And I think we have made a lot of headway. I, I use this example just in the last year. We've seen a, a big shift in our patient satisfaction scores in our emergency rooms. Mm -hmm. And I think that has to do with culture because to get patients satisfied, your staff has to be satisfied and happy in their roles. Mm -hmm. And so we're doing things to, to make them feel that they're being heard. Mm -hmm. So we're, we have a nursing governance council that lets that frontline staff have a voice. Yeah. And so I think that, that that's the biggest thing is letting your frontline staff make and help with those decisions that need to change that culture and lead the way. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, they say like the, the emergency room's a different beast all in of its own. And mm -hmm. like I read a book last year called Eat That Cookie. And uh -huh. you may love that. Yes. Liz Jaswick, she's uh -huh. wonderful. Yes. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, just hearing her talk about, because I don't have a clinical background. So like just hearing her talk about like her experience and how, you know, kind of jaded she was. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like that speaks volumes that our scores have improved, like with our culture shift. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's in Liz Jaswick. I've made my ER managers read that book. Uh -huh. um, she, there's actually two other books after that one. Oh, really? Uh huh. And I've heard Liz before mm -hmm. um, in a at a conference, and she's wonderful. But yeah, I mean, it's it's difficult because you know they go from seeing a trauma to maybe seeing a stuffy nose to and right. it's it's hard I would think it would be so hard to shift that mentality mm -hmm. and that mindset when you go on from one patient to the next that are on two different spectrums right absolutely of care so I I was raised by nurses mm -hmm. yes you were yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I knew you'd know that um and they and I'm married to one my sister is one 
And I, again, my, there's a lot of nursing in my family. Um, how do you, I've always heard that nursing has a different culture in general. Yes. That nurses can be very tough on one another. Yes. How do you advise your managers or how, what are things that you've done to kind of help break that cycle? The eat your young cycle. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, but yeah, you can say <laughs> Yes. Um, well, we talk about the nursing students that are coming in now. Okay. And we're really focusing on that. And again, this is part of our recruitment um, strategies. And I, I tell my managers that this has to go down and be down to our staff as well. But we're short-staffed, and they are our future. Sure. So we need to be wrapping our arms around them and helping them and teaching them and putting them with um, – other nurses that are that are here that want to teach and you know we've been known to and this is throughout any healthcare organization right. we've been known to you know you're new coming in so I'm going to put you with you today and you tomorrow so we've changed that up and we're putting them and and putting our employees through preceptorship classes mm -hmm. which I'm sure you both are very aware of yeah mm -hmm. um, and also doing that with our students because they are our future and we can't eat our young anymore. And right. when the staff, you know, this is one of the things I say when they want to talk about us being short staffed, well, you can help with that. You can help it by because when those students are coming in, they're interviewing us just like we should already be interviewing them while they're here. Mm -hmm. Right. So trying to change that mentality that instead of being tough on them, let's try to mentor them and help them. So that's how we're trying to change that. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And I mean, like the I've read several articles about like the changes in like leadership and how like instead of that like eat your young mentality mm -hmm. or like mm -hmm. I'm the boss, this is how mm -hmm. we do things. It is like leadership in general is transitioning to more of like almost like a coaching and mentoring yes. role. Mm -hmm. So like, it's cool to see that that like parallels in other aspects yes. in all different professions too. So that's really interesting. Well, and obviously what we're doing, what, and I mean, nursing in general, because it is, it's not unique to Holzer as far as that nursing cycle, but mm -hmm. it's not working. No. Yeah. So what we've been doing <laughs> isn't work. So if we can go a different route, and I think sometimes, too, it has a lot to do with generations. It does, Because sure. we, we talk about that a lot when we talk about designing a training. Who Who's our target audience? Mm -hmm. Because that kind of defines sure. how, mm -hmm. what methods we use to train, I guess. Mm -hmm. Sure. So, yeah, mm -hmm. that you're, you're right. I think we are leaning more towards a coaching, mentoring style versus a stricter yeah, absolutely. leadership style. Yeah, yeah it, it's it's. I use mentoring a lot because I think that that's what they want. That's yeah. what our new employees want coming in. They want to be um, managed up. Mm -hmm. They want to know, one, when they come in, they want to know who they're going to be with, what their schedule is going to be, and um, know all, before, you know, we would just have them come in, and like I said, they'd be with different people, but now we're sending them a card the week before of orientation, and they're getting their schedule on who their preceptor's going to be, and they're going to have that same schedule, and all of that stuff is not stuff we've done in the past, and right. it also, I think, helps the preceptors, they know what to expect, mm -hmm. and who they're going to be precepting. You know, change is good. 
I, it is. I am such a yes. firm believer in mm-hmm. that. Like, it may be hard at times, but it's so good. And, like, yeah. I love that. And the fact that you even mentioned that, like, your students are interviewing us yes. as well. Because that is so true. And yes. I think that, you know, oftentimes we turn a blind eye to that. Like, oh, they're coming mm-hmm. into our institution. So, like, this is our way of doing things or whatever. But, you know, we want them to mm-hmm. come and work for us. So mm-hmm. it is important to keep their perspective in mind and train them how you know, we would want our employees to be trained too, so. Sure, and I think even using different words, like it used to be you're going to orient with, but Mm -hmm. now it's precept, because I think that means more. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, all right. So we kind of talked about that. Um, You kind of touched on that. Like my next question was, do you feel like you've seen um, the culture shift with Mm -hmm. the new initiative? And I know you kind of touched on that and said like, the ED, you know, patient satisfaction's mm-hmm. gone up a lot more. Um, have you noticed any other shifts like elsewhere within the system? Yeah, I think inpatient scores as well is is yeah. going up. And you know, a year ago, our our open positions um, was just crazy, and we still have a lot of open positions. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, but um, with our internal contract um, concept that we started and things have changed because now we have um, employees that switched over to internal contractors or came back to us Mm -hmm. to work as an internal contractor that was leaving to work elsewhere and they have ownership where the external travelers don't. And so I, and then also I'm seeing more ownership from our employees and they want to do the right thing. They want to make sure our patients have a good experience. Mm-hmm. But it's not just about the patients, but it's also about taking care of one another. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing more of that, that, you know, it's a more, they're more team-based. They they want to make sure that they are doing right by each other. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's really important as well. And we're seeing that shift. Yeah, which is, yeah, that, I mean, like you said, it is truly important. And, you know, I feel like we keep hearing you know, about the Holzer family. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like people are really starting to embody that mm-hmm. more and more within, within our system. So I think that's really cool. I was up on 2 West for a uh, lean project. This is in the middle of our culture training. And I heard one of the nurses say, I'm below the line today. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And mm-hmm. she was like, I need to get above the line. And I was like, it's that's for my class. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That is great. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel like we do hear that uh-huh. a good bit, and people use that specific mm-hmm. reference They a hold lot. on to that, don't and they? Yes, mm-hmm. and I love that. Like, just, I mean, so simple, below the line or above the line, you know? I mean, something so simple, but, like, that is. It's mm-hmm. stuck with people, and I think that's great. And now everybody in the healthcare system has been trained on it. So when you hear it, you know exactly what yeah. they're talking about. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think it's good because we all know what it means. Mm-hmm. And for example, I was talking with Lisa Hackworth this morning and, and I said, I'm just barely above the line. She was like, you're like peeking over it. And I was like, yeah, I got to get, I got to get way more yeah. above it. So, you know, and, and, but it's okay for all of us to have those kind of days. Sure. It's just making sure that we're as a coworker, I'm noticing it. Right. And, you know, are you okay? Is there anything I can do for you yeah Yeah. so and that's usually the conversation here after that like when you say you know I'm above Mm -hmm. or or below the line and we even do it in our department Mm -hmm. well what can I do to help you Mm -hmm. is there something small that I can take on that takes off your plate to get you just over the over the hump not just peeking over but you're actually (laughs) above the line right yeah right for sure so what would your ideal culture dream be 
for like culture within like the next five years for like the nursing staff or even just within the healthcare system in general? I have to go back to our patient satisfaction scores. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to see our leapfrog score to be an A, and I would love for all of our departments to be an A, and um, because I think that that is going to be our true um, in black and white to mm-hmm. show that our culture has changed. Because if our patients are getting excellent care, every patient, every time, mm-hmm. then we know. Right. We know that the culture is where it's supposed to be because, you know, you hear at home, happy wife, happy life, right? right. You hear men say that. <laughs> but it's kind of the same concept with our employees. If they're happy right. and they're engaged and they want to be here and they want to take care of our patients, mm-hmm. then our patients are going to feel that, sense it, and know it. Yeah. So for me, having those scores, all A's in the next five years would be, and also probably our, not probably, but also our employee engagement surveys same thing yeah right Mm -hmm. awesome so let's shift gears a little bit and what might be you know you have had a nice long career here at Holzer and you know you've had lots of different positions and things like that so what might be like a piece of advice that you would give someone that's kind of like struggling with like getting people to buy into their culture or they're trying to make changes and they're just having some like trouble getting everybody on board. So what might be a piece of advice you would give someone? Well, one, always remember the why. Mm -hmm. I think understanding and knowing the why is important, but not to give up. Change doesn't happen overnight. Mm -hmm. And just because um, you don't have the buy-in right away doesn't mean you're not going to get the buy-in. And sometimes that takes a little bit of of, um, some shifting of maybe employees on a different seat on the bus mm-hmm. um maybe they're not in the right fit and that doesn't mean they need to be completely off the bus that mm-hmm. just means that maybe this isn't the position for them but another one might be where they're they're going to shine at mm-hmm. um but just not giving up and making sure that we just keep and keep pushing the culture commitment because i think it's so important important it's our values mm-hmm. and i think our our mission and our values here at holzer is top of the line and I think that if we can remember our mission and live our mission Mm -hmm. and then live by our values and keep pushing that as a leader you're going to get it yeah the employees are going to get it yeah so I just think not giving up yeah I love I love that you said um just because you don't have it right now doesn't mean Mm -hmm. that you won't and that kind of like sparked something in my head that just um you know, as you're going through these changes and things like that, I think the word accountability comes up a whole lot. Mm -hmm. And you may have people that are like, oh, this is just the flavor of the week. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so like, I think that is important Mm -hmm. to, you know, hold yourself accountable and just like persevere and keep going. Sure. Um, You know, I think that plays into that as well. And and it's hard as a leader sometimes because we get discouraged Mm -hmm. and you want to bang your head up against the wall. (laughs) I mean, it's true. Yeah, yeah. you do. Mm -hmm. You do. And um, but and I get that. But um, again, just keeping the goal Mm -hmm. in the forefront of your mind and and what we're trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. We're going to get there. Yeah. And I feel like we have the best leadership team we have ever had here at Holzer and I can say that I've been here 30 31 years yeah or longer 31 yes <laughs> I, had to, I had to think about that um and so um 
I can say that we have the best leadership and I think everybody is on the same page. Mm -hmm. And I just see so many good things. When I talk to some of the nursing staff, I'll say, you know, I've seen Holzer when I started in the early 90s. We would have patients that would come from Charleston, West Virginia. They would buy in other long, faraway places and bypass other hospitals to come to us because we were that good. Yeah. And people wanted to come here. And you had to know somebody to get hired here. I mean, my it was my my uh, boyfriend's mom worked in the lab, and that was the only reason why I got hired here. Yeah. Um, you had to know somebody to get hired. And I, I think we're headed back in that great direction again. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm excited. That's good to hear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you touched a little bit about our values and how you think they're, you know, really outstanding. And they are. They truly are. Like the Q first. But my next question is, is there like a certain value that might resonate with you specifically more than any of the others? I think integrity. Integrity. Yeah. Um, it's important to, for whoever is working in my downline, working in this system, should have integrity. I think that is that is so important to always be doing the right thing, mm-hmm. even when no one is looking. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I have um, actually just did in my retention recruitment meeting is did a sample of what an interview should look like. Because the way we interview our potential candidates coming in now shouldn't look like it did even two years ago. It should look different. And one of the first things that I did is I handed we were doing some role playing mm-hmm. and I said, um, you know, come in, have a seat after I introduce myself. Here is our culture commitment. I'm going to go get you a bottle of water and I would like for you to read that while I'm out, you know, getting you a bottle of water. And so when I came back, you know, the questions that I started with in the interview is what do you think of our culture commitment? Mm. What do you think of our mission that's at the top of that? And then I asked the question, what does integrity mean to you? Mm. But I think before you can ask that question, you have to realize what it means to yourself. Right, yeah. And so, um, but yeah, I think integrity is is very, very important. It's important and so important in any clinical setting. And you want a nurse to have good integrity that's taking care of our patients. Absolutely. So... That is my last question that I really had for you, Lisa. Do you have any other questions, Sarah? Just one. Okay. So what does integrity mean to you? What does it look like to you? Integrity, true to its meaning, integrity for me is doing the right thing even when no one's looking. And if you think about nurses that are at the bedside when nobody else is in that room with them, they should always be doing the right thing Mm -hmm. for that patient, for the system, and for themselves. Yeah. Nursing is something that I could never do. And I knew that from a very young age that Mm -hmm. I did not have the uh, skills Mm -hmm. to be a nurse. But I've seen nurses. This is my 10th year in healthcare, Mm -hmm. um, in long-term care and on the acute side and on the ambulatory side as well. But be the last person that that patient or resident is with in their last moments. Mm -hmm. I've seen them hold hands. I've seen them um, come in on their days off and sit with somebody Mm -hmm. who was passing away or didn't have family or um, bring in Mm -hmm. things from home Mm -hmm. um, to help that patient or resident. Or on a more personal note, you know, my husband has cried Mm -hmm. over, you know, either condition of a patient or um, how they spent their last month or, you know, their family situation or whatever. And of course he doesn't get into details, but you Mm -hmm. can, it, it's an emotional job. It is. It's a physically hard job, I'm sure. 
but the emotional toll mm-hmm. of nursing is from an outsider's perspective mm-hmm. especially is an enormous burden to take on so if you have a nurse that is not only good at their job but has incredible integrity mm-hmm. that's that's a treasure absolutely. for sure absolutely you, yeah. you I couldn't have said it better Sarah <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure all right well Lisa is there anything that we didn't ask you that you wish we would have asked you or that you would like to share with us no I don't think so. All I think right. you guys asked a lot of good questions, and I I really enjoyed this. Yeah, well, we're so glad yeah, we're that so you were here. Hear. Like, it's been a pleasure, like, getting to sit down and chat with you. And sure. So thank you a lot, Lisa. All for, right. Yes, thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah, of course. All right. Thanks for listening. This has been a Holzer Talk production. We are your co-hosts, Sarah Smith and Sarah Lowry. For more information on services provided by Holzer, please visit www.holzer.org. Or, if you're interested in any of our training opportunities, visit hlii.org.